Welcome to Cleveland Moto, a vintage motorcycle podcast by people who wrench and ride. We'll be bringing you Vin Moto Chat each week, so sit back, relax, and crack a beer. Or play us over the speakers in your shop while working on your latest project. Cleveland Moto, here's your host, Phil Waters. All right, are we on? We are on. Check that mic. And they're off. It's another edition of the Cleveland Moto Podcast. This would be episode number nine, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. All right. Number ten if you count the scooter special. Right. That was a special. That That wasn't an actual, you know. That doesn't count. That was just for a little scooter love. Today was a cool day. I mean, it was a little chilly out. The weather was bright and sunny, though, for a little bit of the day. I got to go out and ride the BMW for a while. That was cool. Do some preseason dialing in and check my blinker fluid and all the good stuff you should do before you go out and ride. And uh, it was nice to put some miles on a bike today, even though it was cold out. I know Shane showed up today on a Suzuki. <clears throat> I had to get, I had to go get beer. That's he had all. to make a beer run. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the ultimate sign of class was when you took your Suzuki home, so you wouldn't be driving drunk tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I got reasons. Exactly. So he, he took reasons. a Suzuki home, walked over, and just said, "He you lives know six houses away. I don't even seven, know why he showed up right, on a motorcycle to begin away. with." I had to go. I had to go to convenient, which was nine houses away or so. Right. Right. And he did manage to hit like nine thousand RPM between his front door and this front door. So and he always does. He did. He did oh, put yeah. on a show for us. Oh, cool. So it was, uh, really good times. Did I look like a dick? No, Come you look you look right. like you oh, knew what you were doing. Dick. You look like a trained Thanks. professional. That, that, you look very reserved. Yeah. I, no, I, the, I that bike it. sounds great at high RPM, it man. Does. I like it a lot. It's, it's a happy motor. Yeah. The uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about are some of the uh, tech questions that people have had. We've been getting some emails, which is great. Some people are trying to turn this into click and clack. And if this is click and clack, then we've got click and clack and frick and frack and seize and stall and lurch and I'm ping lump and ping yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah, I'm be ping. So. Uh, yeah, so some of the questions that came in, uh, Dustin, you got an email from somebody that has, am I correct in saying it's a, a CL360? It is a CL360, yes. Okay, I'm, and he's having uh, he's having trouble, uh, sounds like electrical, but other things too. Yeah, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pull up. Yeah, yeah, charging issues. I think it's charging issues. I will say, while he's pulling that one up, I'm going to throw one at you. We had a guy bring a bike into the shop, and you know on your exhaust system... You have these nice big metal collars, and then behind those metal collars, you'll have some kind of a collet or some kind of a, a gasket of some sort that holds all that, well, exhaust <laughs> in the exhaust system. And not a big surprise to anybody who's worked on bikes before, but if your collar is hanging down by your foot pegs <laughs> and your collets are nowhere to be found, yeah. you're probably not going to be running on that cylinder. You know, the back pressure is kind of important. Uh, it's not going to be running good at all. And the bike was brought in. Guess what? It was running on one cylinder. And uh, we we spoke to the owner and said, you know, you do have to have those items there. The studs are even gone. Yeah. And, uh, John, would you like to describe how we changed the effect of that bike? Well, we, did... were, we were running the bike, and it was only running on the one cylinder. And I was like, well, maybe this is affecting it, you know, because I know it could affect oh, it. Oh, yeah. So I put my foot on the <laughs> header and pushed it up against the motor. Snugged it up. And all of a sudden, bah, 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 the second cylinder miraculously appeared. It was amazing how much, you know, a full exhaust on one side and right. no exhaust on the other. And I mean, it was it a one-cylinder bike at that point. I've run into that because I was trying to, I've, I've run bikes when I've fit up one muffler but haven't fit up the other muffler. Just to kind of like, fire it up. Yeah, you fire it up and, you know, just see if there's any leaks in that side or right. anything. And then I was like, wow, this thing's really running like shit. Oh, I don't have the other muffler on. It's not going to run right. Right. So. For God's sakes, it's a cheap part. Well, yeah. I mean, you're talking yeah. about a couple of collets and a couple of studs. I and suspect yeah, that'll that make this guy happy. And there's little, the, the little copper or, or uh, I'm sorry, brass, little crush. Uh, rings yeah. that go copper, in there. There's a copper O-ring that goes right. in there yeah. before you put it's, the pipe on. Right. Yeah, you know. it's just, please replace that. Yeah, that, that's know. kind of meant to be there. The engineers actually did a pretty good job when they built the, designed the bike. So it's something you do want to keep a track of. If you've had your exhaust system off, or if you look down and you're like, oh, I'm missing hardware on my exhaust and the bike's not running right, that's probably a good reason why your bike's not running right. Very true. Yeah, so uh, you pulled up some information from yeah. his email? Yeah, I've got a couple emails from him. Uh, this is the first one he sent me. It's a friend of mine named Jeremy. Uh, he lives out in Arizona. And uh, <clears throat> Is he a podcast listener? He is a podcast hey, listener, yes. Right. He said he's been hey, listening, and, and this is kind of why he was hitting us up. He's okay. just like, you know, run into these uh, brick walls here. But uh, the email he sent was, uh, here we go. It's a, uh, all right, so far I've... 
and I've is kind of in quotes, meaning like kind of him and a shop. Right. Um, replaced the points, replaced the piston rings, rejetted and synced the carbs, readjusted the front brake, replaced petcock and fuel lines, rebuilt the starter, and replaced the battery. Oh, I immediately think the problem's the front brake. Oh, uh, totally. Yeah, that's why. I mean, that's it's why it's only firing on one right. cylinder. Exactly. And, you know, it's the front brake. So he's it's done nothing, sh- nothing short of restoring this bike. Yeah, if yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. and there are a lot of points in that list right there that could be causing uh, you know numerous problems for him. Um, he said, of course, all the big stuff was done by a shop, and uh, probably a few other things I can't think of. He said, after getting the starter rebuilt, I noticed the bike was stalling quite a bit at lights. Uh, this progressed into the bike gradually losing power until now the bike won't start. The starter just clicks. Um, I can push start the bike and get it running, mm-hmm. but as soon as it gets hot, it loses power completely. I would say probably more likely than as soon as it gets hot, it loses power completely. I think it's as soon as it drains the battery of electrical energy. Exactly. Because, you know, we do need to have a battery to support these bikes. Absolutely. Hondas, you can't start a Honda without a good battery in it. Right. And And most Japanese bikes are the same way. I mean, it's not going to get, you're not going to get spark without a good battery. Mm -hmm. My my question is, why why can he push start it and it'll start? Because if you got a dead battery, you're still not push starting it. Well, no, no, no. What he's saying is the starter won't engage, but the battery probably still has enough power to to kick start it or push start it. That's like a double edged sword. You're hitting the starter button. Not only is the starter not turning, but it's completely draining. It's draining the battery. So even if it's turned over a half a lump, it still wouldn't want to spark because it's almost, you know. But yeah, you when you hit your starter started. and your headlight almost goes out, it's yeah. the same thing. It's yeah, right. right. And uh, I got the follow-up email that I got from yesterday. Now, wh- what I did was, you know, I, I, I told him initially that, you know, this it sounds like you do have a lot of things going on here, but uh, your starting issue uh, and the stalling issue seems to sound like a charging system issue. Right. Yeah. If you charge the battery up and have a nice, fresh battery and it fires right up and runs good, but after some run time, then it, it, it dives into the ground, and you go to hit the starter, and it, it won't turn over. Mm-hmm. Your battery is going dead, and it's not charging. That's what it sounds like. Right. There's easy ways to test that. Right. Uh, you know, get your voltmeter out, and anybody sh- anybody that has a motorcycle should have a voltmeter. You can go to Harbor Freight, get one for two ninety nine, or sometimes they give them away for free. Right. Purchase. <laughs> That's pretty much what I got into with him. I was like, you know, do you have a multimeter? He said, yes, I do. And he's like, I'm not really sure exactly how to use it. Point it to V. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you look at the multimeter, it should tell you. You want to measure DC voltage. And That's what I told him. I was so, like, you want to set it to DC and generally voltage. Generally, you want to be in the 20K range or the mm-hmm. 20 volt range. And then also your test leads need to be plugged into uh, the, correct. the two bottom ones. The black one needs to go into the very bottom earth one or the black ground mm-hmm. one. And usually with most of them, you're going to want to be in the, the red one should be in the center one, not the top right. red one, but the center of the three uh, ports. And it'll actually say right. DC on the meter. Right. For positive Yeah, well, DC. and that's what I told him. I said, okay, just set it to that. And our, you know, first thing I'm going to do is check your battery and see if everything's charging properly. So he tried it, and uh, the email I got back was, uh, okay, so I really couldn't keep the bike running. Uh, it kept stalling and was only running on one cylinder, but what I did find is that the charge went down from 14 to 11.8 in a brief period that I did have it running. Yeah. The starter did try to turn over after the battery was charged, but then went back to clicking. Yeah, right. well, what happened is when you took your battery off your charger, you were at 14 volts. Yeah, exactly. You, the charger hooked up, exactly. you were at 14 volts. You mm-hmm. used the electric starter to start it once or twice to get it going. Mm-hmm. That pulled it down to 12 or 11. Mm-hmm. Running the bike without, and I'm just going to, this is the this is the far-reaching guess time, but I'm going to guess that at this point, your voltage regulator is not helping you at this point. Your voltage regulator is out of the equation because you're not putting anything into your battery. You're running everything, stealing from the battery, not putting anything back into the battery. So after running it for any period of time, one cylinder or not, you're just robbing because there's no charging going on with your, with this machine. Yeah, it's running directly off the battery. A right. voltage regulator, when they go bad, they, they I rarely ever see where they go off the top of the yeah, charge. We, sometimes it, they do, sometimes they will overcharge, but generally when they go bad, they stop yeah, charging. Yeah, they, they, they undercharge. Down. They just yeah. gone. Yeah. You just don't get anything to the battery. So the I guess what I would recommend to him is find a known good regulator mm-hmm. and swap apart. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the, the last bit of the email was, uh, I also tried to check for continuity in the ignition coils, but to be honest, I'm not sure how to read the meter. 
I had it set to the ohm setting, and the meter started at a high number, then fell down to one on both coils. Does mm-hmm. this mean something? No, he's probably just, I mean, when you have it set for ohms, you're just ch- checking for resistance yeah. initially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Open is going to be like, on uh, most digital meters, it's going to be one. one. Exactly. If you touch the two leads together, it goes zero, zero, zero. It should go right. to zero. Yeah. Right. If there's any kind of resistance, you'll get point, then zero, Anything between whatever. zero and one. And one. Right. And so that's what you're looking for. When you go, when you're testing a coil, you would, you know, you test various either from the spark plug lead to the ground of Correct. the coil, and you check for any kind of resistance there. It's usually between three and eight ohms. Exactly. Or you can go across the two leads and look for three and eight ohms. Mm-hmm. There's, you have to look at the manual to see what the specific thing is. Right. But you don't want to see when you're testing a coil is one right. or zero. Exactly. You want to try to see some sort of value where there's resistance because a coil is one or zero usually indicates you've got a burned up coil. Mm -hmm. So you can start at that. But I would definitely uh, recommend starting with just the simple part swap, and that is put a known good regulator on it. Mm -hmm. It's true. And because he does own a vintage Honda motorcycle, if he does go out and purchase a regulator, and it turns out to not be the problem. It's not the worst thing in the world to have a, good, a known good regulator on the shelf. Yeah, because yeah. chances are your regulator is, what, 30 years old or so? Exactly. Mm-hmm. True, true. Right. So I don't think it's a bad a bad well, move for him to start right with and, the regulator. And I really do think he has multiple problems going on here because the bike is only firing on one cylinder. Yeah. yeah I don't think that's coils because the, the, the key no. indicator on that to me was that the points were replaced. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to bet that they were not adjusted properly. Yeah, we would hope that whoever replaced his points for him, whoever he gave good money to, had the capacity to set it up correctly. Oh, I mean, you can right. kind of t- suss it out by putting the bike on the battery charger, get it going, yep. and leave it on the charger. Leave it on the charger. Let then the take charger it off the charger and see what happens. If right. it starts diving into the ground, put it back on the yep. charger and see if that fixes everything. Because a two-amp charger hooked up to uh, your battery when it's running is your voltage regulator. Regardless mm-hmm. of your voltage yeah, regulator is working or not, a two-amp charger true, yeah. takes the place of your voltage regulator. Mm-hmm. And it should run nominally regardless of the condition of your voltage regulator. Yeah, yeah I've got this great little clip on uh, my battery. It's it, it comes out to just like a little yeah. uh, electrical connector yeah. that plugs into a little wall wart. Right. And uh, anytime it, you know it's a little it's kind of a tender charger yeah. thing. They they gave it to me free with the battery when I bought it. Right. And I that's been the handiest thing when my battery if it's getting a little dull, you know, sitting around for a while over the winter, I just plug that sucker in, boom, you kickstart the bike. James, what do you think? Done. Oh, I don't think anything. <laughs> <laughs> James thinks that that beer in his hand right now is very tasty. It is. It yeah. is. Wine and Kugel Summer Shandy. So if you're not drinking it, you're doing it wrong. You're doing Wait, it wrong. I'm, I'm sorry, are, are we that, endorsed by them now? That is the summer beer of choice. Plug. Well, the, the other thing you can do if you start running to a wall with everything as far as, like, you start, like, ohm testing all your parts and everything. Everything's coming up good. Start running continuity ton, uh, tests on everything. The continuity ton, uh, contest. Right. Test. <laughs> test is very easy. My continuity the wins. The continuity <laughs> I mean, no, it's, um, it's very easy. So th- is this what a about, guy? Shane's pretty familiar with incontinuity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is this it's a guy you know on the forum, Dustin? Uh, no, no, he's an old, old uh, college friend of mine. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fantastic I'm, bass player. I mean, great he's, composer, he's, too. He's saying that it's he's not obviously not, he's not a mechanic. He already listens. No, he's uh, he. Uh, I think what I got from him is he's a handy fellow. Like, yeah, he can handle like the general maintenance of a bike, but digging into deeper problems such as these, you know. Well, electrical you know, problems are typically kind of daunting for people. Yeah. You'll yeah. see a lot of guys who say, you know, I like working I don't on bikes, electrical. but I don't like electrical. Right. Well, yeah. you know. But you know, consulting a wiring diagram is always mm-hmm. a good idea. You know, you can get it on, you know, off the internet. Yeah. Put it by the toilet. Sit down. Look at it. Whatever. Yeah, Dustin yeah. and I. Dustin and I ran into a stupid problem with the GS. And any freaking flowchart you would ever want in the world is on the internet for right. free. Yeah, mm-hmm. troubleshooting diagrams. Just look it up. Yep. Yeah, we got a good flowchart uh, for the GS, and and literally during a family barbecue we we're having, Shane and I nailed down the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're like regulator. Done. Yeah. eBay later. Well, thanks for the invite. Yeah. There are ways too. Like you it was an Im- it's impromptu around here, James. You just got to be in the neighborhood. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. I'll throw some on the grill. All right. Take it easy. There are ways too, to check a regulator, but most of them involve you have to have a power supply exactly. and run it through it and everything. Yeah. The easiest thing is just swapping out the component and see yeah. if that does a known good. Swap right. it in. They're not that expensive. You can. I mean, you could try. There are ways you can actually fake it and shunt it if you find the right ground wire to the frame and make it charge. But if you if you touch the throttle while you're doing that, you could burn out other things and stuff. Yeah. So. Chris, I think I think Dustin's got a, an extra regulator laying around in the that, garage somewhere. I, I was just going to say that, Put it in Jeremy. A box and ship it to Arizona. Yeah, Jeremy, <laughs> when you listen to this, 
Hit me up. I will definitely send what I have to you to run tests. This when it comes assuming down to your the, part's good. Oh, uh, they are. They are. I know they. I know they are. Way good. to establish a precedent. <laughs> hey, Cleveland Moto, will you send me a stator for my CBX? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> no. See, this guy's a friend. Yeah. <laughs> He's not just a listener. He oh, is every a listener is a friend. Oh, okay. Shit. I'm sorry. I apologize to our listeners. You nice. are all our friends. Hey, James. I've got a question Fruit for you. Pod. What's the uh, what's the price currently? Because I don't look at the prices too often, but you do a lot of our parts for us. Yeah. Uh, what's the price currently on like a, a, a nine amp hour Honda motorcycle battery? Uh, probably like sixty nine bucks. Sixty nine bucks, right? Yeah. So who in this room would be willing to spend a hundred and fifty dollars? Negative. On a negative. Battery? Negative. Okay. I I spent twenty dollars on my little Adventure Power AGM battery. That's right. I'm, I'm going to try to be smart and say, well, how long will it last? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the deal. So <laughs> I've had three. I'm going to be I'm going to be a fucking hippie and say, how green is it? Exactly. Man? I've had three people this week, and one person actually on the podcast uh, sent me an email. One of the podcast listeners sent me an email asking me about the lithium ion batteries, and apparently, whoever's doing the marketing, you know, the flavor of the year. For 2011, the hot new item, I think, is going to be uh, the lithium-ion battery to replace your existing lead-acid battery. A lithium-ion battery just uses the same technology that's in your current cell phone battery or your rechargeable car, you know, toy car battery or whatever. The uh, principle, though, is that it recharges a hell of a lot faster. It supposedly lasts a hell of a lot longer. It weighs less than half the weight of your existing battery, and you can put it in any configuration is up it, down is it left smaller? to right smaller okay yeah good smaller in most cases so it takes up completely less completely sealed completely sealed no liquid invert it no liquid in it whatsoever you mean i won't leak acid all over my my on my bike? jeans or yeah. my bike yeah. unfortunately exactly. no as we know you love it but so i've been looking at a couple of different companies that are out there that are manufacturing them and i remember years ago hearing some uh, somebody who was environmentally friendly saying oh lithiums are lith uh, lithium ions are really bad. So I wanted to look more into that. And one of the companies that is currently building a lithium ion motorcycle battery that is in that $129 to $159 range for the same amp hours that we would be buying a you know a nine or ten pound battery. This battery weighs three pounds and you can mount it in any configuration and it's less than one third of the size of the existing battery, which jumps out to us who are building cafe racers because now we've got that big middle of the bike that we can open up because yeah. we can slap this thing flat under a bump stop seat. Oh, even the bobber guys too. You can put you it know, anywhere, right? Yeah, especially that it's sealed. It's you know, sealed. Yeah. You can put yeah. it in any configuration. Yeah. It's very easy to get to. You, you can drag it like from a cord behind huh? your bike. There's, you you know. could stick it anywhere you want. You could carry it like a pack I of smokes. <laughs> you could <laughs> smuggle it into prison. So, but what they said was... Keystering? Yeah, keystering, yeah. The uh, <laughs> things nice. you learn in jail. So, uh, but what they were talking about is for is disposal... for Keister Carbs? Keister Carbs, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> You're running all right, all right. John's got a little sand in his float bowl. Yeah, he's keystering. The, uh, but I guess the deal is, the, I was reading up the one, uh, one website, and I'm not going to give the names of these batteries out yet, because, you know, buy it from your local dealer, go to your local dealer and talk to them about it. We're not trying to get sponsored by well, them at yet. This point, well, at yeah. this point, too, there's only two or three companies, manufacturers in the United States, that are selling these right now to people. Mm-hmm. And any and of them listening to us right now, if they feel like sending us a bunch of those batteries to, to test, field tests, right, we can yeah. do that. But I'm sure yeah. we would absolutely right. love We'd to. We'd be thrilled to do that. But one of the things that was interesting, it said for disposal. Now, you know right now, the way it is with uh, tree hugging, tree huggery, is that if we want to get rid of a battery, so remember in the good old days, you'd take a battery in and they'd give you money for it. Yeah. And now we have to actually pay people to take it away. And those people, I'm sure, are digging holes and burying them too. <laughs> but <laughs> this product actually says if you're worried about disposal <clears throat> of your lithium-ion battery, take it apart and put it in a flower pot. Take it apart and use it as fertilizer for your, uh, for your plants. Wow. That's... A pretty, I mean, that's a statement that's on their website. Now, if they're wrong, they're wrong big. They're owning it. My yeah. geraniums are going to be mad. Right, exactly. I got brain cancer right. because I, I ate the corn that grew out of them. Yeah, I, know, right. yeah. I, I fertilized my plants with my old batteries. My kid has three eyes. So I guess my, my point is that I'm going to look more into this because I am interested. I do have a lot of different bikes, and I don't get to ride them enough. 
And right now in my ooh, garage, ooh, yeah, well, I feel so bad yeah. for Phil. Well, right, right we'll come over yeah. and ride him for you. Thank no you. No problem. Well, right hey, now in my you garage, got friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got battery tenders hanging from the ceiling, and it looks like a weird Spider-Man thing in my garage. These little flashing green and red lights all over the place. Christmas. Christmas in the garage. Mm. And that battery just died. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, I am going to start looking into these lithium ions because I am curious about it. But that reduced size, the reduced weight, and the longer lifespan, and the fact that they're very quick to recharge when they're depleted, those are all things that are important to us, especially when you've got a bike that, because it's older, when you hit that start button, it takes more of the available power. And to prove proof of concept, I took the 12-amp-hour battery out of my Yamaha XS650 a few years ago. And we replaced it with a little tiny, ridiculous moped battery. It's a, a scooter battery. It's a YTX-4, which is like twice the size of a pack of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. It's literally a 4-amp-hour battery. We put it in just to see what would happen if this little baby YTX-4 amp-hour battery could either spin the starter at all or if it would allow the bike to run its charging system nominally. And it has. It has worked. I mean, that little battery has started this you know, two-cylinder 1974 XS650 reliably and run fine and kept the lights bright and it's recharged the way it should and it's nice and tiny and small and that's all cool but mostly I did it just to see what would happen to see if you could take a 12 amp hour battery out and put a 4 amp hour battery in if you'd have any ill effects and uh, a questionably maintained you know 36 year old motorcycle was a great way to test it and I would be interested in putting lithium ions in a lot of the stuff that I own. I wonder if you buy one of those batteries and you yeah. cut it open, if right. it's just like all the battery packs for your tools, where right. inside it's daisy it's chain, a bunch, a of, bunch 1. of 1.5s. 1. Right, yeah. exactly. That I would be really you. interesting. Or a double set of 1.5s. So you get, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, 8 and 8, 16. Right. Is it just know? a bunch of 1.5 cells? Because that's, what, I mean, a lot of that's, tech, that's what they're using. Like, even like the dragsters, the race cars, like the, yep. like they have these battery packs, but when you cut it all down, it's just a bunch of it's little tiny batteries. It's a whole bunch of 1.5s. All... Yeah. Wired in series enough to build 12 volts, and then wired in parallel enough to give you your capacitance. Give you the amps. Yep. Well, so. I, I've seen guys using those. Uh... Uh, battery packs for security systems? Yes. Yeah. Well, we do that a lot. Yeah. At our shop, anytime we have a 6-volt machine come in, rather than giving the person a lead-acid battery that's going to be a maintenance pig, mm-hmm. and due to the nature of the lead-acid battery, uh, it's going to require the most of the charging system to, to replenish it every time. And a lot of times, like you and your bike, Dustin, mm-hmm. your bike's just running turn signals. Your a headlight and a, yeah, I mean, your bike's you know, kickstart only. Yeah, kick the, it's man start. It's man start. Okay, so you really only need the battery yeah. to I get love the motor pressing going. Buttons. Yeah, <laughs> so he can get away with a smaller AGM, you know, twelve volt battery with yeah, virtually it's, it's no three amp, amp hours, hours, three amp hour battery. All. But if you do have a starter to kick, uh, having that. I'd have about two pushes <laughs> if yeah. it didn't Those start. Those emergency sign batteries are great because I have a CT90 that hasn't ran in almost right. two years. Yeah. I can still go out there and turn it on and hit the horn and it beeps. Well, mine's the same way. Because like, they're made for that. They hold, they're they probably don't have the amps for starting a starter, but just right. for something that will sit there and hold a charge forever, yep. they're great. Yeah, and they're $15 at Lowe's or Home Depot mm-hmm. yeah. for a 6-volt you know, well, and they, they have the a guys, twelve volt version too. They do. The you guys with the twelve volt setups too. A lot of times, you just get two six volts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wireman series. Yeah, make them in a make yeah. them in a tray. Wireman series. You know, mm-hmm. you got a twelve volt battery. What do you think about that, James? I think it's great. Well, but the real thing, the real question is, if you've got a if you've got a bike, <laughs> are you willing to spend a hundred and fifty dollars on a battery? On a Not green really. battery. Yeah, and that's the problem right. because anybody who owns a BMW knows they started paying one hundred and twenty dollars for a battery fifteen years ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you own a BMW motorcycle, even if you're not buying the BMW battery, you're still paying a lot of money for it. If yeah, you're that's buying a lifetime battery, though, I mean, that's like, oh, I'll take it out, put it in this bike, put it in that bike. Well, <laughs> yeah, 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 you can buy one, one battery. Just have some hot leads in there, just plug and play. I mean, you can only ride one bike at a time, so we got one ass. Take your battery from yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and if the battery's small enough and it'll slide into any compartment, any bike you have, Mm -hmm. that's really a lot easier than trying to maintain (laughs) batteries, you know. So, yeah, I was kind of thinking about that, and it's obviously something that we're going to be hearing a lot more about. So, if anybody has any uh, any input on or has tested them, please let us know what their results have been. So one of the things that we wanted to touch on briefly was uh, bearings in your bike. You know, what allows the parts to move and move reliably and repetitively, uh, when you think about your motor turning 9,000 RPMs, 
Uh, the reason it can turn 9,000 RPMs and not grind itself into dust is because there's a whole different range of bearings inside that motor. And uh, John, what are you gonna, you know? Well, I mean, John wants to talk the, about balls. There's various types of bearings, you know. There's a whole list of them, but for our purposes with motorcycles, we're pretty much talking about plane bearings and rolling element bearings. Plane bearings would be like. There's nothing. It's just, you know, your crankshaft is sitting in a plain journal, mm-hmm. a bearing. The bearings are in that situation are really just an, uh, a material that helps reduce fi- friction. But there's, okay. no, there's no rolling ball or no rolling roller. It's just a plain bearing that's usually in, in a motorcycle lubricated. Right. So, you know, some motorcycles still have plain bearing bottom ends. Like I have an XS750 that's a plain bearing bottom end. Correct. Most of the European or most of the Japanese bikes are, are roller ball bearing bottom end. Correct. But, and there's nothing, I mean, a plane, most of those are actually, a plane bearing is actually sort of, a plane bearing is also a fluid bearing in that, yes, it's a, it's a, a plane bearing with no rolling elements, but it also is fed with an oil stream, so it's actually sort of a hybrid between a plane bearing and a, a fluid bearing. So it's floating on a cushion of oil yeah. at all times, and that's what reduces the metal-on-metal metal wear that you would find with, you know, one piece of metal constantly grinding against another one. And that's about all I have to say. No, that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> okay, well, then, you mean, know, there's, well, let's there's talk ball about bearings, there's more, roller bearings. We'll talk about a little bit more, uh, something that's more practical for our listeners is, like, how do you change a bearing? If right. you got a bearing in your, you know, a wheel bearing or a bearing in your motor or something like that, what's the technique? Do you need a, do you need an arbor? Do you need a press to get them out? Generally not. I mean, uh, you could be pretty successful. Temperature means everything when you're, you're put, removing or installing bearings. So, uh, you know, if you can heat up the area, the housing in which the bearing is held. So basically, well, let me finish on rolling, the rolling element bearings. Okay, which, yeah. Sorry, i got to switch gears. <laughs> and explain a little bit, you know, like a, uh, what a bearing is, is that the, what's mostly found in most motorcycles are the... Um, rolling element bearings, which is like a, your standard ball bearing, which has an inner race and an hour race, and the bearing is pressed into the case right. or into a housing that has a shaft going through it. Right. And so rather than just metal rubbing against metal or on a, on a layer of oil, mm-hmm. you've got an actual ball right. that is rolling between your crank, let's say, and your engine case, and that ball is turning in circles at all times, usually held in place by a cage or by the bearing itself. And, you know, bearing roller cages are very important because mm-hmm. that's what actually aligns the balls. If the balls get out of alignment, it fails. Right. Uh, and most bearings are set up to only handle radial loads. Exactly. Not axial loads. The shaft can't be <laughs> twisting. <laughs> I Stop just, twisting your shaft. I, I'm I just, twisting my axle. I just heard shaft balls and radial loads. <laughs> and he had a radial load. That's why he was. That's why he was in the can so long this morning. It was a bit of a radial load. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> but at any rate, some of the best motors, the highest revving motors, mm-hmm. have not only roller ball bearings on the crankshaft but on the cam. You know, it, it makes for a good motor to have roller ball bearings. Right. Generally, plain bearings are only good up to a certain RPM. Right. But uh. So, and you also have bearings in your front rear wheel and various other places on the bike, as well as steering head bearings. And that's actually when we have most of our people that have vintage motorcycles. If you get on a motorcycle and you turn the handlebars left, right, left, right, and you notice there's a clunk, 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 or there's a point where it's like, oh, how convenient. They put a dead spot in the middle of this handlebar so that it would always go straight. (laughs) A a notched bearing. A notched bearing. That's not designed to be there. In fact, that's a failed bearing, and you need to replace that. Yeah. And a lot of the companies now, where there were originally a journal or a, a groove that had a bunch of little tiny balls in it, Separate. that when you would take it apart and all these little balls would fall over your garage floor, little two and three millimeter balls. I find loose, them loose all the time. Right. Yeah, oh, my not, God. Those are not buckshot. Those aren't birdshot. Yeah. Uh, little steel balls floating around your garage floor. Uh, now, companies like All Balls and other companies have made you know, a healthy income replacing those tapered roller bearings. with a tapered yeah. roller bearing, which mm-hmm. isn't a ball bearing. It's actually a cylinder of steel that distributes the load much better and lasts much, much longer and is more durable. The I find it funny that all balls goes by all balls, but they The vast majority of the bearings they sell are, in fact, the cylindrical, cylindrical bearings. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're still well, bearings. The radial versus axial thing, mm-hmm. like, that's why 
uh, tapered roller bearings are better because a standard ball bearing doesn't handle axial Correct. stresses really well, which you experience with your oh, with a front fork with a steering every head. day. Yeah, but the tapered roller bearings handle it very well, and so that's why a tapered roller bearing conversion is really a good way to go. It is, which is a good point. If you still have standard bearings in your front end, they have to be adjusted, damn near perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. If they're yeah. loose, if they're tight, you're going to wind up with failure. Right. And every time you hit the brakes on your motorcycle. As you're going down the street and you hit the front brakes on your bike, you're imparting a lot of load into that front end as the entire weight of the machine tries to uh, tries to run up. Oh, my God. I just said imparting load on the front end and it turned into a room of kindergartners. The, uh, the, uh, he said load. He said load. Uh, he said poop. But, but really, you had to adjust those. There's a collar around there that you would have to adjust either with a wrench or by hand. Uh, to preload those bearings to make sure that they weren't slopping or slamming front to back mm-hmm. as you hit the brakes. Yeah, tight enough that they're not loose, but not too tight that they're galling that crushing and destroying them. themselves. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I hear James knows a lot about preload. He does. I do. He, yeah. he swears by preload. Yep. The uh, A big part of the bearings, too. Now, when a customer's got a motor apart or when a person's at home and they're working on their bike, and... You see, like, the old thing. You grab the bearing, you, you put it on your finger, and you spin it. You go... Signs of bearing failure. Right. And you're like, oh, that one's good. Yeah. Well, what are they listening for? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, you want to listen for, like, notch bearings. Like, a lot of times you spin them, you'll hear, like, a ticking sound. They'll actually tick. Like, you'll be like... Um, you can tell if there's any kind of play you, between the two races. You hold the outer mm-hmm. race, move the inner race around a little bit. If there's play in there, that's a bad thing. Right. If it's too stiff or sometimes too loose, uh, if it's a maintenance-free bearing and it's really loose mm-hmm. and spins really easy, that means that the grease is probably dried out or burned out of it. And so it might be on its way to failure. I mean, there's a number of things. If you can replace them, replace them. You know, it's not... Yeah. Once you get good at it, once you've done a few, it's not really that difficult. It's, gotta, very, it's very inexpensive. Also, I've run into a lot of problems where... You'll have a bearing. You'll you'll put it on the bike. Well, my my technology is cars, but you'll have it on the car or bike. It'll sound like you're driving over gravel all the time. Absolutely, you hear it all the time. But you take it off and you spin it. Thing sounds like brand new. There's no problem there. What the hell's the problem? You put it back together. It must be something else. But chances are it's the bearing. The bearing's actually shot. I got a question for you. Uh, when you buy a lot of the modern bearings, they've got a plastic cover on both sides of the bearing mm-hmm. to keep the grease in. Well, there's you know there's various sets. There's right. open ones that are open, like inside your motor, your bottom end bearings are mm-hmm. open because they're lubricated by the oil in your motor. Then sometimes you'll have a one-sided one has a cover only to the outside. That's like mm-hmm. a lot of time in final drives and stuff where it'll want to get lube from the backside of it. It can get lube into there, but the outside that's exposed to the weather and stuff has a has a cover over it. And then you have your maintenance-free, which has a cover on both sides of it. And that's basically lubricated once. It's grease from the factory. They put the covers on, and so it's maintenance-free. But how long is a maintenance-free bearing going to run if it's, say, running at crank speed, which... Right. You know, my, or at wheel speed, which is, you know, for 30 years or 20,000 miles. And that's why a lot of mechanics, when you see them install a bearing, they'll pry out that little black plastic cover. You can do that. And yeah. pop that thing out. So this way it's benefiting from the constant lubrication of the bottom end of the motor. Mm-hmm. And when you see a guy, when you purchase a bearing and the bearing has covers on both sides, when the company builds the bearing, they're building it for most applications. Mm-hmm. And it'll have that cover on both sides. Yeah. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the way for your application that that bearing should be installed. You may want to remove that cover depending mm-hmm. on what your application is. On the inboard side. Right, exactly. Because most of those times, there's also another seal that goes on top of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's an important thing. Now, removing bearings. Now, we know... Whether you're a type of guy that goes to Harbor Freight, mm-hmm. or you're the type of guy that buys park tools or buys expensive tools. Snap-on. You snap-on tools to remove bearings. There's a lot of different products out there that claim to be the end-all and be-all of removing bearings from bikes. I got right. a 50-year-old brass drift. Right. There you go. Yep. It works phenomenally well. I yep. mean, most bearings can be removed with a torch, a hammer, and a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing you got to remember about a bearing is it's really tough. The inner and outer races are some of the hardest steel you can find. Right. And you can take your Harbor Freight or any screwdriver you want and beat on it as long as you want, and you're really not going to damage it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you get into problems is if you damage the cage or you damage the cover of the bearing. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a problem. But if it's you done. Can, yeah. If you can stay right on the outer edge of the bearing, uh, outer bearing race mm-hmm. and drive it out of the housing by heating it up really well with a torch, because when you heat it up, it expands the housing and lets the bearing slide out easier. Yeah. You can easily remove and install bearings. I, I prefer to use a socket when you install Yeah, a socket's work good. You can get yeah. the size pretty right. 
But if you can, there's, there's if you can chill the kids. chill the bearing, put it in a freezer, and then heat the casing that you're going to put it in. They go in real easy. They, they you know, slide I, in. Very I didn't easy. believe that for years, and I tried it a few times. I'm like, God, it's it works well. At our what part of fun. science didn't you believe? Because <laughs> that is just basic <laughs> science. Stephen Hawkins. Well, if you look in our freezer, our freezer's got a bunch just, of bearings in it. You can't just throw out Stephen yeah. Hawkins. Freeze the bearings <laughs> and throw the casing, either torch it or throw it on a grill or whatever. Burn heat that casing Stephen, Stephen Hawkins is a physicist. Yeah. I know. I'm just, I, I'm there are, just now, shitting Not that we itself. don't. And I, and I have used I mean, we have a bearing press and everything right. in, the, in the shop, and sometimes it is beneficial to use that to get them in and out. But a lot of times pressing them out is almost impossible because usually the angle to drive it out is yes. a lot different. You can't, you had, you would have to have a blind bearing extractor of the Correct. exact right size right. to extract the bearing, whereas pressing them in is a lot easier with a press. And three-jaw pullers almost never work. No. I mean, no. seriously, I've seen a lot of guys who are like, they're, they're spending half an hour, an hour, trying to make a three-jaw puller work, or they're mm-hmm. grinding it so it fits into an area to pull a bearing out. Really, those are meant to pull gears. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what that product is designed to do. Trying to modify it to pull bearings off, it is almost always a failure. Yeah. Heat it up to the point where it smokes a little bit. When right. you take the torch away, there should be a little, see smoke a little bit of smoke out. coming off. Yeah. Then uh, three hits on this side, three hits on that side. It Back and forth. It. Yeah. We'll rock the bearing out of almost any housing. And don't don't concentrate on one side. Yeah, it's it's got to really come out perfectly straight because right. you'll end up galling the You're, yeah. you yeah. Can't, If you just try to beat it on one side of it, it's gonna it's not going to come out. You have to yeah. go three hits here, three hits there. Especially hits when there. you've got like aluminum cases yeah. or something. It's got to come Anything out Anything that's a cast casing. And don't be a jerk. Once you get that bearing off, it came off fucking beautifully. It feels great. It sounds great. It looks great. Looks right. like brand new. Fucking replace it. Throw it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put another Spend one in. Spend the five dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say if you're planning on reusing a bearing, it's almost never a good idea to yeah. pound mm-hmm. on it too much. Yeah. Like you know, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's I don't think it. I've I don't think I've ever knocked out a bearing that I ever planned on reusing. Right. Yeah. Well, installing yeah. a bearing, the main thing is not to beat on the center race exactly or anywhere. Stay on the outside. You have to stay on the outer race, which is pressed into the housing. Exactly. Correct. And and generally, if you can find the right socket that's just big enough to fit down in the mm-hmm. housing yep. and hit that race but not bind up. You can drift them in. And, also, once again, Harbor Freight. You can find you can find a, a bearing installer. Large, you can get their extra large socket set. For right. Less well, than yeah. 50 bucks, you, or you can get the same thing. You can also get the bearing installer, which is also made out of aluminum. Right. Yeah. If you're dropping it in a press, or right. even if you're actually hammering it in. Right. It's a big flat thing. It's going to sit on any surface, especially the outer race. It's going to knock it right in. It's going to be nice. Yeah. You can take a race and beat on it with a screwdriver, and that you can just mushroom the screwdriver. You'll destroy a good and screwdriver. Not even scratch. Yeah. Yeah. A bearing race. It's hard metal. Hardened steel. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. Trust me. Uh, uh, Sears has replaced a lot of my screwdrivers <laughs> from uh, trying to knock steering stem bearings out. That's they, not what this was meant uh, for. They won't anymore. Oh uh, no, more. they they have as they of uh, two weeks ago. What's that tool though that we have at the shop? What is that a Motion Pro? Tool? It's a Motion Pro tool. It's really cool for knocking the uh, races out of steering head bearings. Oh, oh you let me borrow that? Yeah, isn't that thing great? That thing was awesome. That was money well spent. I imagine like a piece of conduit that somebody cut down yeah. the middle like twice, and it yeah. like flares out. It fits down in the steering head perfectly. Hits the race. Yep. You heat it up a little bit. Wang, wang, wang. Three hits with a hammer, and the race pops. It out. is one right. of those time saver tools. That thing was tools awesome. That was worth every penny we spent for it because every time we do steering head bearings it's just like oh wow this this it took this long for them to come up with this tool park yeah. park makes the same park tool. makes the same tool exactly mm-hmm. good stuff the other thing we want to talk about uh gas tanks you know everybody you look in your gas tank and there's <coughs> rust okay oh, god i just and, had that i had that experience the other day yeah and if you've got uh if you're not using visible see-through uh, gas filters, mm. fuel line filters, you should be, yeah. because we're all dealing with older motorcycles. And we look down there and we see this, you know, nice pile of, you know, rusty colored metal in that thing. Your inside of your gas tank's rotting out. And a lot of people have come up with a lot of different things <clears throat> to treat the inside of gas tanks. And like drywall screws? Like dry well, and there is a product that actually <laughs> there's a product that John came up that. with that that works really well mm-hmm. and it you don't buy it from a motorcycle shop. You don't buy it from a, a car repair place. You buy it from Farm and Fleet. Tractor Supply. Tractor Supply Company. Yeah. And uh, what's it called, John? Uh, it's called Milkstone Remover, and it's actually a 53% uh, solution of phosphoric acid. Nice. And so uh, for 10 bucks a gallon, yep. you can do a lot of gas tanks with it. And, uh, and you do also- cut it. 
I, I you can cut it. I usually like eight to one is okay. about a good mixture. But you can even go like. It can be even more dilute depending on how long you yeah, have we've seen it, it work. in there. So, really well. so eight to one, you mean eight parts of that to eight, one of water. <laughs> one, yes, eight parts of that. And if you read the bottle, I think it, and I'm pretty sure it tells you, you, you want to add water. Or, uh, you read have the, to. Read the right. bottle because it's important on whether you add acid to water or water to acid. Remember, we're working bubble. with a base. Yeah. So <clears> obviously all the always, safety precautions apply, gloves, right. goggles, and that sort of thing. Right. Although I found it, I've gotten it on my skin. Yeah, it's I, pretty. It has, it's not like even battery acid. It's pretty mild. You know, but always add your, anytime you're adding a chemical to water, <clears throat> always add your chemical to your water, not your water to your chemical. Mm-hmm. Right. Keep that in mind. Uh, you have to add your chemical to your water because if you have uh, a caustic type chemical mm-hmm. and you put a drop of water into it, all of that chemical is trying to get into that water at the same time yep. and mm-hmm. it can explode exactly. and splash back at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have a pan of water and you add your chemical to your water, then it dilutes correctly and there's no risk of it blowing up and, and getting in your face or, or hurting you. Mm-hmm. The uh, Now, one of the techniques that we've done with a lot of success has been the drywall screws. I know Shane brought it up, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, I've seen John resurrect some gas tanks that we thought were pretty well, pretty well written off just by using a couple of pounds of drywall screws. Yeah, uh, they they're pointy, pointy, sharp little edges and everything, and then you, you have to tumble the tank. Right. I mean, you can shake it by hand, which can actually have a pretty good effect to get that yeah. big heavy and we've seen out. people rig up a paint shaker a one gallon paint shaker mm. air power paint shaker things you, like that I, I did the handshake with that uh, right. that excess it's tank it's a good workout yeah. I mean you will really get a workout if you're going to handshake a tank mm-hmm. but time is your friend yeah. you know leave it in there for a while yeah. Uh, shake it up. The one-inch drywall screws work good because then you can get them out real easy. Yeah, I don't want to put the big long deck screws in there because they're right really... or anything that's such small hardware it might get caught in the seam of a tank. Right. Yeah. So then you find it later on when I've you don't also, want to. I've also found that if you actually add a, a copious amount of like WD-40 to, mm-hmm. it helps out a lot as far as re-rusting. Oh yeah, yeah. But with the milkstone oh, remover, yeah. I mean, most of the well, yeah. I like to use a, a degreaser first to to cut the any grease on the inside or oil on the inside of the tank, right? So that it's called wetting when the, so right. the acid can actually etch the metal. Yeah. But you leave that in overnight or even two days, and it comes out almost like the tank was sandblasted. It looks inside. fantastic yeah. inside. Yeah. Now, once we've done that, once you've cleaned the inside of your tank and removed all the corrosion. Uh, there are a number of products that claim to be the end-all and be-all of well, gas well, tank linings. First, I would say this. If you don't have holes in your tank, right. then you're done. Don't bother. Gas is the best gas thing is to your keep best it thing, from right? rusting again. Exactly. And you're probably good. If you if you have holes in your tank, you're going to find out when you use the milkstone yep, remover. It'll be everywhere. Because, <laughs> yeah. because you're not going to have any milkstone remover in it when you come to check it the next morning. So that's, you know. Now, the different products that are out there that people have, that are, you know, well publicized. There's a product that we see all the time called Cream. I think their advertising campaign, they're in every magazine that has anything to do with an automobile or motorcycle. And I've never heard any real good thing K-R-E-E-M. about K-R-E-E-M. Uh, here's what I can tell you. I can tell you that a lot of people use it, and I can also tell you that it does come off. And when it comes off inside of the tank, it comes off in sheets that, you, that look like the latex paint that peels off your house. Right. And that goes everywhere inside your fuel system. The things that I've seen that make me want to cry is, my tank's beautiful inside. Right. And I, I wanted to it. keep it that way, so, so I, I creamed, creamed it. it. Oh. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's just the cream product hasn't kept up with the different additives that are in fuel. But that's probably I, it. I but, think most of it's probably incorrect usage. Right. You, know, you get they probably not imagine. Yeah, you're you know, a tank your prep, and your right. prep's going to be your biggest yeah. thing. With and any you get of those. people it's, that just drain their tank, throw the stuff in there, slosh yeah. it around, and hope for the best. Yeah. If yeah. you look at how cream like, a tank that's been creamed, though, you can tell it. The consistency is like Bondo. It is really it's weak. Thick yeah. and it's like gloppy, Gooey. and it just doesn't look good at all. And it's right. pink. Yeah. Like who wants inside? Yeah. Of a gas oh, tank pink or white? Yeah. Either way, you look at the inside of my gas tank. I still don't. I'm like there. Well, the other product that we've used and had great luck with is a kit called POR15 mm-hmm. and POR15's kit has a really good etcher in it and that etcher seems to be the key. It's, a, it's an acid etch. It's, it really does a great job. It's phenomenal. And the POR15 coatings that we've seen, we haven't seen a POR15 coating come off, mm-hmm. uh, including the one I have on the inside of my Yamaha XS650, which has had, you know, that tank had holes in it. It suffered the ravages of time. My old BMW R65, I POR15, the inside of it, and it was leaking like a sieve. Mm-hmm. And that was a tank that I should have thrown away. And the POR15 saved that tank. 
So uh, now, years ago, I took a gas tank to our local uh, radiator shop. I think it was even like you know Parma Radiator somewhere, mm-hmm. and I had them do a, a liner to it. It was sixty-five bucks or seventy bucks. And what was funny was, uh, first of all, their pride of workmanship got my attention because when I took them the tank, it was a rusty, nasty-looking tank, as they all are. When it came back to me, this thing it was beautiful. I mean, they they put a nice black primer coating on the outside of the tank, which I was surprised. Mm. And then on the bottom of the tank where you couldn't see it, they had a little brass tag that was like epoxied to the tank. And it had the date on it and a number. And they said, that's your lifetime guarantee. So that at any point in my life, if this tank ever developed a leak, I could take it back to Parma Radiator and they'd fix it for free. Now, they are legitimately boiling those tanks out. And the lining that they're putting in is probably the same kind of lining they put in the radiators or put in their gas tanks. But I will tell you, it is hard as nails. Yeah. It's not coming out. Catalan is what they're using. I'd like to know. Yeah, well, the downside, <laughs> really? I will tell you the downside is, is if you take them in a beautiful tank with a beautiful paint job <clears throat> on the outside, yeah. mm-hmm. they'll tell you, we're probably going to mess this up. Mm-hmm. So do this as a step one. Yeah. Don't do this once your tank is painted and beautiful and stuff like that. Uh, because he was very clear with me when I took it in. This tank was rough. And I had sanded it down, and I was intending to paint the tank anyway. So this was a great time to get that down. And the primer he put on it, the black spray coat that he put on the outside of the tank, was fantastic as a primer. It worked great. Mm -hmm. So you take it, if you don't want to invest in the chemicals and you don't want to dick around with it, take it to your local radiator shop, ask them to see some of the work that they've done. They probably have a tank there that they can show you as a demo. But that's what you're looking for, that nice hard coating. Yeah, I know what's funny is like the radiator shops, they're, they're actually few and far between now. Because you used to be able to repair radiators. Yeah, like now they just sell you a new Chinese or Polish radiator. Exactly. You know, but you can that. you can find them on the outskirts of towns and stuff, uh, getting out towards farming communities. Because everyone's still got an old tractor, four, or four end yeah. tractor that yeah. they need need going, and they still repair radiators. So yeah, you might be able to call these people. It's a great way to. I mean, it's a great way to get a good repair on a tank, even if it's leaking. Yeah. I think I'm okay with repairing a tank with anything but cream. Yeah, cream. True. We, we can. I can absolutely tell <laughs> yeah. you that we look at a gas tank when we look at a bike, or we buy a bike, or bring home a bike. Cream. Caswell. Yeah. I mean, I've used other stuff. And yeah. Some good products. How that there. shit got so popular is good advertising. Good, good advertising. Marketing. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, exactly. Yeah. Because there's not one person I know that can say like, "Yeah, fucking cream, great." Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Hey, is right. anybody? Anybody want to play the game? Uh, what did you buy this week, Phil? I'll, I'll play. Uh, I'm in. Okay. I'm, in. I'm in. I already know. So. Oh yeah. Somebody. Some people know because I, I did brag about it. I put it on my Facebook. But so so Phil. First thing I want to know. Yeah. Is when you discovered this thing you bought. Yes. Where were you? I'm the shitter. Ah. I was uh, using my iPod device and uh, my bathroom entertainment system. And that's my thing now when I go it's into... It's called a toilet. Well, no, I'm, I'm talking about the electronic device that sits on my lap while I'm on the toilet looking at Craigslist. Oh. And uh, I went in and I just did a search. And it was one of those postings that was the golden... That, that The post was posted 13 minutes before I saw it. Nice. And it was a 13-minute old post. I saw it. I called the guy from the bathroom <laughs> and said... And I said, I'm calling about your bike. You still have it? He goes, yeah, I still got it. He goes, I had a bunch of phone calls already, though. And I said, yeah, but I'm the only one that's going to be there in 20 minutes. <laughs> so I literally... And you haven't even wiped yet. No, no, I'm the paperwork's not done yet. And uh, I ran out, and uh, I ran out, told James, I'm like, I got to go. I had another bike delivery or pickup to do it at the same time. I told James, I'm like, well, I, I got to run on this one. And I got down there, and uh, some of the details that will help you figure out what it is. His father was the original owner in 1971. Okay, he was that original purchaser in 1971. Lot, but, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that gives you an idea. Uh, the bike was still titled in his father's name. His father passed on when his father died. The son moved the bike over. None of that helps. None of that helps. Yeah. Okay, it's red. <clears throat> okay, that helps. It's got four cylinders. A little bit. Okay, uh, even a little bit uh, four more. Cylinders. Four cylinders. Four cylinders. That's 71. That pretty much is it right there? That kind yeah, of right there. It right, right there. there. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. CB 750. Uh, CB 750. Yeah, it's actually 72. And uh, it is the red color, the red metallic, which is really nice. The tank is in great shape. The inside of it looks really clean. The top has a weird rust spot. Like, it's yeah. right where a tank bag would be. I don't know how that happened. I don't either, the, because the, the sides nice of the tank inside. are so beautiful. The sides of the tank are beautiful, right. but, like, this one big 
paint peeled off. Yeah, it's like a big off. weird area. It, it might be two tank. words. Two Somebody words. Somebody set a planner on top of it or something. Belt buckle. Belt. No, this is big. No, it's tank bags. It's like there was a potted Texas plant fat guy with a belt buckle. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, you know what? That actually is a good point. This thing probably sat in the garage for twenty years. Somebody could have put a bag of soil on it. Something like that. It might just be like if it was sitting in the garage and there was a window. Mm. If if the uh, the heaviest this, yeah. part of the, the sun rays yeah. were coming through and hanging that part it's of the It's funny, tank, though, but like know. all the turn signals are completely original. It has red, the original pipes lens, on it. Yeah, red lens, lens taillights. On the rear. Yeah, red lens turn signals. Do they have those cool, like, the, the flip-up uh, exhaust? Well, it does have the original 4 and 4 yeah, tulips four on it, yeah. but okay, they yeah, are yeah. completely shot. The lower yeah, left pipe figure. is the only one that's any oh. good at all. Sorry, James. You can have the lower left pipe if you want it. It's all yours, brother. I think that's the one that's good on That's probably the one that's good on yours, too. (laughs) Uh, The front brake caliper and stuff was removed uh, at some point. No, see, you know that they removed that. To move the bike. Yeah, it was. So what yeah. happened? So to that where part? did they put it? Yeah. yeah, that part is sitting in his dad's garage, I'm sure, because they yeah. took the caliper off because it was locked up yeah. when they wanted to move it out of the garage. So I'm hunting for those on eBay right now. That's an easy find. It's pretty easy find, but the rest of the bike looks re- actually remarkably nice. How much? Oh boy. Oh, you're not allowed to tell. Can, can I'll he, tell. Can I'll he tell. tell. You want to tell? He was asking three hundred and fifty dollars for it. Jesus Christ, Sold. that's half a buck of CC. Well, but half. now, you know, you can't always give people what they ask for it. Because when he did describe it over the phone, he did say that the motor turned freely. And when I got there, the motor didn't turn freely, which surprised him. Because when he put it in his garage in October, he, he kicked it over and said the motor turned freely. Yeah. Oh, well, I said, yeah. Well, the motor's course. not turning freely. I'm going to give you 250 for it. And he had a Ford Taurus in the garage that really needed a fuel pump in the worst way. <laughs> so uh, 250 was the uh, the bike of the week. It was a $250 CB750 you from 1970. So that, that just tells Fuck. you they're still out there. Amazing well, deal. I, I mean, I've seen bitch. this bike. It's, yeah, they're, it's they're still out there, and Phil buys them all. Well, anyone could have gotten there five minutes before I did. It's going to wind up in our garage anyways. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, but I had to be Ooh, at work wow. that day. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers. Well, that gets you off the hook, John. You don't have to yeah. get it running. Well, cool. 45s just said they're, it's going to But here's what we're talking about. We'll take it. <laughs> I opened up Cafe Racer magazine this month. Pop, you know, well, what is it? Four pages in, there's this cool paragraph about the Burning River bike build-off. Mm. Uh, we've had a phone call. They're talking about getting Discovery Channel out to film it. So wow. for our Discovery, uh, Discovery HD program, Cafe Racer TV, the... Uh, James, give me some more details, man. Where are we at with this thing? Okay, so chime here's in. where we're at. Finally, we're, chime in, <laughs> yeah. son of a bee. I get to talk. Uh, we're going to... Um, I'll take I'm going to just say it's 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 officially started. Um, the website's not up to date yet. Mods versus Rockers, Cleveland.com or whatever. Isn't up to date yet. We'll get that up to no, date no, next James, week. you can't give a website and say Mod versus Rockers, Cleveland or whatever. What is the fucking website? <laughs> it's mods versus rockers cle dot com. Thank you. It's not up to date currently. Um, you know, just because the guy doing the web design is doing it for free. So well, we're not a corporation here. This mm-hmm. is just like man, yeah. this is. So what I'm going to tell people to do? Uh, we have about 11 teams so far that I can just count. You know, in my head, if you guys want to join this, including uh, yourself. Yeah, including myself. And including us. you, and us, including and, us. and the forty fives, yeah. and there's there are three teams actually sitting in this studio right now. Yeah, two two yeah. one man teams, two real two real men. Only only one team's gonna win, so it's gonna be us. And, yeah, that's true. I was wondering whether I wanted to enter one or two bikes. I thought first would be cool, but first and second would be great. So, well, I was gonna do oh, yeah. the, I was oh, yeah. gonna do the CB one hundred and sixty and the TC two hundred and fifty. I'm thinking two gives yeah. me a better chance. Yeah. I'm like, just gonna laugh when John fucking totally doesn't even. Doesn't even rank show. He wouldn't even <laughs> show. Even show he wouldn't even, he All wouldn't right. Anyway, anyway, we show up with the KZ one thousand and a CD five fifty, and we just split it up. And wow. like said, they're they're phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you got all. When you got all that backing, you oh, know, thanks. you got the backing of Phil Waters. I there's there's no How backing. Could you lose? There's no backing. There's no backing. <laughs> Phil dropped off a KZ-1000. It's nothing short of a salvage project. Uh, it's a fucking some boat of us, boat Some of us have to buy our own bikes to enter, you know. <laughs> I, so, I, bought, anyways, I bought the 550. It was $100. An RC-172 racer for well, free. Well, I, I bought the XS. Uh, well, we, we both bought the XS-650, nice. but then now somebody's buying that, so. Okay, you know what? okay. The problem is never you don't have enough 
options with this particular group of guys. This particular group of guys is always going to have more options than they have hours. Yeah. Because oh, fucking we're, tell me about I mean, it. we're all grade Jesus. A scroungers. Everybody here is always looking for the deal. And all of us, each and every one of us, has that certain thrill of the hunt. We, yeah. we all love that, like, oh, my God, man. Motorcycle How many, vampires. Yeah, yeah, we spend more hours. We're literally garbage picking yeah. at this point. We spend more hours on Craigslist buying other people's garbage uh, than anybody else. And it's, people, it's literally, we're making zombies. Yeah, we're, we're zombie hunters at this point. But, they're, but it gets to the point where people will call me or text me and stuff, and they'll be like, I can't believe you got that bike. They'll see a Facebook posting. Like, I was looking at that. I don't want to hear that you were looking at that. Get off your fucking ass and go buy the thing, all right? Yeah. Don't be mad at me because I actually hustled my ass down there, showed the guy some money, and took the bike away. Yeah, I, took I don't an have hour any out of my life. Yeah, there's no magic involved. <clears throat> being standing there with two hundred and fifty dollars in your hand. That yeah. was when I got the CB four hundred. Right, great. Every, everybody, yeah. I took it to bike oh, night. The everyone was week. pissed at you. Oh, and everyone was like, "Oh, I, I was calling about that, or I was going to go buy that." Yeah, I was fucking second in line. I called, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He called first. I called second. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. John, John would have been the next guy coming over. If yeah, I don't grouse about it. Yeah. I mean, just be be on the spot next mm. time. Get on your Craigslist, man. Work it yeah. out. You, you know? I didn't even see the bike. I'm like James. If you don't take it, I'm taking it. Well, he called me, and I told him the same. It's like he said, it's for parts. I'm like, ah, whatever, buy it. Well, that's what the guy had on there yeah. for parts. And I get there, I'm like, ah, well, it's got a title and it's it's a whole bike. It's right. a whole bike. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know what I don't know parts. <laughs> in what world this is a parts bike, but yeah. yeah and how long did it take you to get that thing to run? Uh, John. John got it running in about eight hours. <laughs> the next yeah. day, yeah. it was it was running <laughs> that week. So yeah. yeah, so there's no reason that anybody needs to do anything but go out and get bikes. If you are the hunter. I mean, if you really want the if you want the thrill of the hunt, show up to AMA Vintage Days. Just show up. Yeah, go down there. Say hi to us. Buy your ticket. Show up. Kick, and kick we'll be in drunk. The balls. I mean, the balls. Yeah, there. I mean, we've got all a, my balls. Yeah, we're in a, we have an event <laughs> that is called the five hundred dollar challenge. It's five hundred dollars. You show your five hundred dollars and go out and buy yourself a bike. Oh, and by I, the I way, be drunk we are going decisions. to record a podcast from. Oh AMA. yeah, absolutely. We yeah, are, we need to record a yeah, podcast from AMA Vintage Days. Well, I'll bring. I'm going to bring a portable rig down. Yeah, we will there's record too a much good action going on. There. Before we get into the AMA Vintage Days, let's go and back. To the I want. Yeah, I want to get oh, get my plug uh, in. Yeah. For Dude, I went and did a beer run. You were supposed to be done with this already. I was making fun of everybody else. Oh my god, he hasn't uh, opened his mouth the whole fucking night. Like to play Keith's song. Do we? <laughs> so, uh, what I want everybody to do, since the website's not up to date, I want them to email me at mods versus rockers cleveland at gmail.com with the three pictures of your bike. I'll email you back the, the rule list. I'll email you back the rule list, and we'll talk about how to get you registered before the website's up and running. But uh, I want guys to get rolling with this. I know I've already had like uh, a couple personal friends of mine ask me about it, and I told them, just take your pictures, get started. And I want people to take video. Everybody's got the capability to take video of their build. Yeah, shoot a little video with so, your phone. you know, you got yeah, your phone, yeah. you've got a handy cam. Take a walk you around know, your bike and tell us what whatever. it is. Whatever, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and, and FYI, for under $100, you can get a flip cam that shoots and document your entire high life. definition video. Yeah. yeah, but that's one-fifth the price they're paying for the bike. <laughs> I mean, you But what, <laughs> what, what this is going to be so important for is not so, you know, we've got the Discovery Channel wanting to do their, their Cafe Racer uh, show. And they're going to fucking be there. And they're going right. to, they're, but they're not going to be there when right you're building away. your bike. Yeah. So we want we want to at least have you know you taking some fo- some right. photos and some uh, video. So um, because I'd like to splice it together, or I'd like to have Dustin splice it together. Yeah. It would be great. So we can do a great promo on YouTube and have a lot of cool stuff out there. Yeah, just like showing... when, if, when they show up and you know you've got your motor already yeah. built and painted, right. and it's in the frame, and you're getting your body work yeah. done. It'd be really nice to be able to roll back yeah. and have some footage exactly of yeah. the motor apart. And this won't be the last the time work on that. No, we do, you know, this. no, no, you know? no, because yeah, if uh, like I said, we've got eleven teams that I can count off the top of my head, mm-hmm. and that's just people word of mouth, right? Local guys I know. Then these are guys that are already have bikes that they bought yeah. once we started this. So I I would love to have 20 teams. I'd love to have 30 True. teams. Now, if they can't reach you by email, they can find your phone <laughs> number <laughs> in Cafe Racer Magazine. I think it's on page four. I think it is. It, it is. Do not call me. 
You will well, be disqualified. <laughs> I, I don't call you anyways. Kidding. Don't worry about me. Well, I get it, I get text it. me if anything. Text Come on. Right. Yes, text that number and right. you'll be fine. I've got to hit up some of my boys on uh, Do The Ton. Yeah. Because I, mean, I, I I know a lot of the guys. I, I got an email from a guy from the Do The Ton forum and he said, well, if it was $500 overall. And yeah, that's all well and good, but oh, you mean oh wait, he what, he what? went up to you. Yeah, Mike he went up to you and said the entire everything. project cost needed to be five hundred dollars. Yeah. Jesus, and that's great, and that's something to think about in the future. Man. But right now, we're just trying to get as many people involved as His possible. His dick must be huge. I no, I, I know I, a lot, I know I a know lot of those guys within I, an yeah, hour or two though. of here. Well, I don't care where they're from. If they go, if you're going to come to you Mods know, versus Rockers, also comes into a problem in August in Cleveland. So. And right. you're like, man, you know what? I got this piece of crap in my my shed. Right. Build it. Let's build get it. it. Let's yeah. get it built. Do it. Yeah. It's not get like it you weren't going to build the bike anyway. No, <laughs> if, if you're me, I wasn't planning on building any of these bikes. <laughs> I, was saying, I was saying, how can you even have this thing? Because you got to buy a bike, let it marinate for a year <laughs> or two well, that's, before you I even mean, work on it. That's, so like, that, my, mine's been marinating for a year. James, we've been talking about motorcycles the whole time, but it's mods versus rockers, and it's a bike build-off. Right. Exactly. Can you build a scooter? Why oh, not? Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. So you can. Yeah. You oh, can yeah. Do, you oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you shit. Can, you could go this pick up a $500 scooter. <laughs> oh. We're going to have guys in oh, fucking stretch. I, 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 I was <laughs> Shane, I know you have a $300 and right. some odd dollar scooter right. in your garage right yeah. now. No one wants to build a fucking drag fucking Bishash. <laughs> no, okay. come on. Let's put a turbocharger on Bishash. that thing, dude. Bishash. Bishash. I know that you could... Triple the horsepower of a scooter easier oh, than you way could triple yeah. the horsepower of a motorcycle. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. remarkably yeah. easy. It's, to it's the all of a which you know direction yeah. you want to but swing your dick the, at. The, the, the thing about scooters is it's very hard to find a five hundred dollar. It is scooter. It's remarkably um, hard to find. Not to mention a vintage scooter putting parts into a scooter. I'll say it right expensive. now for five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to Shane. He's got a. He's got a gently, and it's clean title too. It is. It's clean title. It's a gray market clean title bike. Yeah. Perfect. Under two thousand miles. Oh yeah, it's, mm. it's cherry. The five hundred dollar uh, bajaj. But you get trick out a fucking four stroke bajaj. No, Why not? No, you're gonna carry your family on Just it. Put that to the POC store. pipe on there. You know what? <laughs> yeah. There's still one left. I no, there isn't. We're keeping that one. He won't give it to me. I, <laughs> oh, bummer. He won't give it to me. I told him if he gave me the pipe, I'd give him the bike back. <laughs> I still won't do it. Then you'd sell the pipe for more than you paid for the bike. Right, yeah. exactly. I think you can probably go... Uh, I won't yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, but about the Burning River bike build-off, I guess one of the, the biggest things for people that are looking at it is the idea is just built... A bike in your garage. Just yeah. literally get a couple of friends together. You guys all ride together anyway. Uh, Tuesday night, I know it's going to rain, but we're still going to try to put together a uh, the non-douchebag bike night. So that's first, this Tuesday? That's this Tuesday. Uh, April 5th, you I called think it, it. Guess Yeah, John, we called guess it. John will have to but if it's not, my bikes runner. Well, if it's not raining, we're going. So <laughs> yeah, we'll be I'll outside be the shop at 7 p.m. You'll be riding uh, about. We'll go Shit. out and ride. If it's not raining, <laughs> you know, come on out. That means I, I can get my runabout. bike riding tomorrow. Yeah. See, there you go. That's motivation. Well, if I don't go take the GS, I don't give a fuck. Right. Exactly. What, you're not going? I don't know if I'm going. I don't well, know what's going on. It's pretty bad. The the f- He's got four from, kids. He doesn't like money or free. The 45s can't go yeah, at the same time exactly. because they only right. got one running bike. <laughs> I mean, no, my bike runs. I'm I just, I just did a bunch of paint work. <laughs> I'm going to drive. That's kind of a, that's kind <laughs> of a dick move. Why, John, are you going to be DD? Because... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll well, the, can I be the chase vehicle? The chase vehicle? Right. Well, yeah. the, what, 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 uh, what James is talking about, we live in a land of fucking media. Right. Everyone's got a fucking phone that's got film. Right. The fact that Discovery Channel film. is... <laughs> Why don't take the film out of your phone and develop it? It's 35 millimeter. Yeah. I got the 35 millimeter app on my I got, I got the I got the Nikon 35 millimeter yeah. phone. Dude, yeah. he's a real hipster. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, before we go in there, no, I, Shane's yeah, got the 110. <laughs> Anyways, but if Discovery Channel is actually looking into this, and they're actually going to do a part on this, if you do win... They're going to want to know everything about your fucking bike. Yeah, if you got an ego, this is might might be something you might yeah. want to chase. Yeah, <laughs> if you ride a Harley and you ever want any sort of like resemblance of recognition, if your mommy you didn't give you enough hugs when you were 50 <laughs> and yeah. build the nines yeah. and document it and go do this. Yeah. 
I have, be a lot of fun. I have absolutely no aspirations about winning this event. In fact, I, I will consider it to be a miracle of modern life if that Kawasaki KZ-1000 does anything but end up on eBay. <laughs> In part. In, In a lot of pieces. <laughs> so, hey, it's we already just, got... Uh, we were just talking about entering two bikes apiece. So right, yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. Multiple well, we've bikes. Got the, we've got the backup 550. Right. Oh, I mean, there's bike. There's backup. I just bought a CB750 Basically, for 250 bucks. I, I need mean, to know what bikes you're entering now. Right. And we then had if you the want to enter something different later... Do you have a title for it? Do that. Yeah. No. For what? I do. Yeah. Oh, you do! That's, That's right. right! So the glove box in the focus right now. Brilliant. That's nice. Fantastic. You have a 750 title. Oh, that's We never said that. <laughs> We're going to cut that right out. For a very legal oh, 750. Oh, Whatever. <laughs> yeah. This, this poor old guy died, you know? He bought the bike, and then 30, 40 years later, he died. And that's what happens. So, <laughs> no, anybody, the, anybody the else got anything hot for the build-off? I want to hear some. I want to hear some spanktacular ideas by next week. I would. I want to see a bunch of people registered. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to do the CB160. Oh, oh yeah. really? Nice. Yeah. Coming at small displacement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I like going the for the big win. Going for the big win. Small displacement. Awful going for motor. the hipster vote. That's going cool. for the hipster vote. Hipster. Exactly. It looks like right. a moped. So. You're going to have a seat that's made out of a skateboard. Awesome. I'm going to kick it over in the parking you should lot do when that. I'm drunk. <laughs> It'll still run, but I want to know what John's doing. That's how I'm gauging. Uh, I noticed John's show. been really quiet about identifying. I like, I, like I said today, I'm a, I will pretty much basically uh, whatever I ha- am working on the week before the build-off. Why is Dustin <laughs> poking at John's belly? That is so <laughs> weird. Figuring it's Sunday, John's it's belly Sunday hole. He's got a hole. No homo. That's there. because he works for a living and it's deals with battery shirt. acid. It's, it's his holy shirt. Through it. Yeah, come on, man. Why you got to pick on guy's belly? Just like you rest your beer on your belly. Right. You rest what I want to know is, why has Dustin been naked this whole time? I know. Brought I that up. Put on some pants. Put it's my studio. I write the rules. My oh rules. We come over, he's in a bathrobe. Yeah. Like, he got excited. You know, the sun hey. came out today and he was like, naked. You know why I'm naked? Because you said the gold Speedo was out of <laughs> the you know, out of line. The gold you know, lame. So, yeah. fine. Anyways. All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening to yet another exciting episode of the Cleveland Moto Podcast. You really Go build your fucking bike. Go build your bike. What's the Thank fucking website for the Burning Room build-off? It's kind of a train wreck at this point. Uh, once Come again, on. go to clevelandmoto.com. Our blog is at clevelandmoto.blogspot.com. Give the Burning River build-off fucking thing again. Go to Mods versus rockers, CLE.com, and wow. the, the, it should be updated later this week. But there's contact it info for be. me. Um, if you want to join the build off, just hit me up in an email and we'll get you squared away. Fantastic. All right. Thanks, everybody. Excellent. Bag of dicks out. <laughs> I love you. Thank you for listening to Cleveland Moto. If you have comments or topic suggestions, you can leave them at our blog at www.clevelandmoto.blogspot.com or visit our website at www.clevelandmoto.com.